Well, I believe it was a radical self-expression. I just called a friend one day and said, let's burn a man on the beach. Let's burn a man on the beach. Let's burn a man on the beach. Hi, everyone. This is Steve Robbins. Hey there, and it's Evan Shulman. And this is Burning Man, according, according to, us. to us. And uh, not just us today, Steve, is it? Uh, no, in fact, it's a bigger and better and improved us. <laughs> today, <laughs> we also have this random person with us. Yes, completely random. Uh, we we met uh, randomly, as as things go, a uh, random amount of years ago. So uh, I just want to introduce uh, Random or uh, uh, Maher. Can you can you say hello to everyone? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. And uh, yep, uh, I go by the play name Random, hence all the little jokes that you just heard. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, my uh, my default world name is Maher, and uh, I've been involved with Burning Man since two thousand eight. And this year, wow. 2019, will be my 10th burn, and I'm very excited about Whoa. it. Whoa. Yeah. Consecutive burns. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've since 2008, so I've only missed two, two, ply, two, uh, two burns because of pharmacy school. But otherwise, I've made it a point to be there almost every other year. That's awesome. That is way more than either of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Evan is a first-timer, and I'm a third-timer. Well, I guess it'll be a four, fourth Next, this coming year will be my fourth time and Evan's second time, assuming we both get tickets. Yes, yes. Oh, you and, will. And uh, one of the reasons, yeah, yeah, that's always the uh, the random the random guess, right? Like uh, applying for tickets, seeing if you get it then. And of course, I've always heard, well, even if it's like, you know, the day of, mm -hmm. someone's usually giving away a ticket, things like that. <laughs> yep, yep. Fly will provide. Um, yeah. So one of the reasons we brought you on today is because uh, we've been doing different episodes on different principles for Burning Man. And uh, today we want to focus on radical inclusion as one of the principles. Um, and we brought you on because of your involvement with Census Camp. And we'll maybe get into Census Camp a little bit later. But um, first off, I just kind of want to talk about how you and I know each other. Uh, I don't really remember the first time we met, but I know it was when we were both in college. Mm -hmm. And we both were studying with a professor uh, Dario Nardi, who led the Human Complex Systems Department. That's right. Um, and I don't know if we like shared a class or something like that, but I do know that uh, Professor Dario said, oh, there's this thing, Burning Man, and if you want, like, I do research there if anyone wants to yeah. sign up. And that was the first time I had heard of Burning Man, but I didn't go then. And yeah. um, I don't know. What about you? What, what's your recollection? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was in that class with you. So the Human Complex Systems was a kind of small minor, and I think a lot of the classes, the required classes, we had to, we, we, we ended up sharing. Um, mm. And that class where Dario Nardi um, mentioned Burning Man, that was also my first time hearing about it. And I remember in the lecture, he mentioned it as an example of one of the very rare examples of gift economies that still exist today. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, and I, I showed interest in learning a little bit more about Burning Man. And so he connected me to um, Megan Heller, uh, who was a sociology PhD student at UCLA, and also happened to be uh, the Countess. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the, <laughs> the Countess, uh, that's her flyer name, uh, she was the manager for the, for the Black Rock City Census, and she wow. had been doing that already for about 13 years when I met her. Whoa. Um, so, uh, yeah, she, uh, you know, um, 
she she was she was looking for volunteers to help her. Uh, she was doing research about Burning Man um, for her thesis, and uh, she was exploring exploring the concept of adult play. And and when I'm talking about adult play, I don't mean you know the X-rated shenanigans <laughs> that may or may not happen in the dust. Uh, but I'm talking about you know Countess was looking at you know how we as human beings when we're kids we just have we're, we're able. We know how to play. We go to playgrounds. We interact with other people and things and objects and explore and have fun and and how we sometimes forget how to do that as we become adults and how Burning Man being the gigantic playground that it is, is uh, an opportunity for folks to kind of rediscover the joy of play. Um, and, totally. um, and so I, she, she had uh, done a, a series of interviews with folks and needed folks to, you know, volunteers to come in and, and uh, transcribe uh, some of those interviews. So I did that. And then she, uh, at the time, we had a, 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 a census, like, paper form uh, that people would fill out on Playa. So she just had stacks and stacks of data that needed to be <laughs> inputted into these gigantic Excel sheets. And, um, you know, she's like, hey, if you still have time, I have all of this that I need help with. And I, uh, I was uh, happy to get involved and... Uh, you know, started like opening all these dusty forms and <laughs> experiencing literally, literally dusty, yeah, like playa dusty. Yeah, absolutely, and, and kind of uh, inhaling my first uh, <laughs> bit of playa before ever making it to burning. <laughs> your, your first playa dust <laughs> coming in the form of of surveyed <laughs> survey yep, dust. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So, um, and and one thing led to another, and uh, after a year of um, uh, volunteering and supporting. Um, she had some additional research needs and was looking for folks who could join uh, in twenty in two thousand eight, um, and so I was one of a number of, of students who were able to uh, um, come to Burning Man and uh, camp with the census camp. And uh, at the time, there there were like thirteen to fifteen folks, mostly UCLA and uh, Stanford researchers, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I kept showing up year after year, and now they're kind of my family away from home, and I always look forward to going back to the playa to reconnect with them. <laughs> so cool. So if if our topic today is radical inclusion, mm-hmm. it seems like Census, plan, census Camp is certainly asking who is included. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Indeed, indeed. Can, can can you tell us? I mean, who who goes to Burning Man? Is it all tech bros? Is it all <laughs> wannabe ravers? Is it <laughs> surely there's a simple answer? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we do capture a lot of data about um, about Burning Man through through the census, and and that's kind of what the census tries to do. I mean, it's the one of the one of the primary ways that Burning the Burning Man organization uh, tracks the changes in population, behavior, and attitudes of burners year after year. Um, and, and the more we understand the makeup of Black Rock City and, and the diverse kinds of Burning Man experiences that people have, the better equipped we are to meet the needs of the community and help Burning Man culture uh, continue to flourish. Um, so, yeah. So, so who are those people? Um, I mean, I was I was serious with the question. Yeah. So you you because right, I, I'm I'm going to come back going. Oh, I went to Burning Man and met Evan. That must mean that everyone at Burning Man well, it's like is, Evan. you know, so sociology <laughs> major in <Southern> California. <laughs> yeah. um, and sometimes I think that may not be true. Yeah. So yeah, again, the the data that we collect, um, and and we get a lot of survey responses every year, and and so that gives us a, a good. Um, a good idea of who is represented at Burning Man. Um, 
So what, what I'll, I'll share some of the, the findings that we've had. The 2018 data is unfortunately not ready. It will be released very soon, so within the next month or so. Great. Um, so what I'll share with you is, is some of the uh, trends that we've observed uh, over the course of the past five years by looking, uh, by analyzing and comparing data from 2013, 14, 15, 16, and 17. Um, wow. So who goes to Burning Man? Uh, the percentage of, bir of virgins, which is usually the first question we usually get, <laughs> <laughs> that ranges around 35 to 40% of uh, the burner community year after year on Playa. Um, and uh, those who have been to Burning Man for five plus years, uh, if you want to call them quote unquote veterans, mm -hmm. those are a little under 20% of the population of Black Rock City. Okay. Um, the uh, the median age is around 33 to 35 years, but all age groups are obviously represented. Um, it's just that the majority of the burners that actually make it on Playa are usually between the ages of 25 and 50. Okay. Um, and my favorite factoid about burners is that over 75% of them have a bachelor's degree or higher. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those who have a misconception of like, oh, who are these hippies going to the desert and doing who knows what? Um, <laughs> well, they're very high, highly educated people who are there to explore and exercise their creativity and uh, be part of uh, an amazing culture. Um, so yeah, so that, that seventy-five percent of folks who have uh, who have higher education, forty-five percent of them mm. are are or forty-five percent of that seventy-five have bachelor's degrees as their highest degree, and then the other thirty percent have uh, graduate degrees, um, at least one. Okay. Um, the in terms of like the med the per the median income, uh, the personal income ranges between fifty to sixty k, and then the median household income ranges usually between 90 and 95k um, gotcha yeah you got about 58 percent men uh about 40 percent women and around two percent who identify as gender fluid or other and um you were talking about do all burners look like evan well a lot of them do <laughs> uh, approximately 80% of our burners are white and the Burning Man organization continues to explore different ways to in increase um, racial diversity on Playa um, and, uh, and most are American so 75 to 80% are from the US uh, and uh, out of those about half are from California because you know wow. easy, convenient, close and awesome <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. about seventy percent of them, uh, usually who, who get to Burning Man, stay in tents or hexayurts, and around thirty percent stay in RVs and trailers. Um, but going back to your, you know, some of the data that we've also collected about how folks feel about, you know, the ten principles. Um, when we asked, you know, if the ten principles are essential for having an authentic Burning Man experience. We had 75% of burners say that they are very important mm. and another 20% saying uh, and believing that they are, they are important. So that's about 95% of the population of Burning Man who really wow. cares about these principles in order to have the Burning Man experience that, um, um, that's authentic and that would be um, uh, fun for everyone. So, and, uh, mm -hmm. so tell us then... Um, since it sounds like, like in some ways, it's a reasonably homogenous population. I mean, given the prices or given given the incomes that you just shared, I mean, it's, it's a, a middle class to affluent bunch. 
um, mm -hmm. you know, racial diversity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, what does radical inclusion mean to you and to Census Camp and to Burning Man? Because that's one of the 10 principles. Right, right. Um, and, and it's not just to me, but it's also like, uh, you know, it's one of the top reasons that people mention uh, mm. when you're asking, like, why are you even attending Burning Man? It's to feel a sense of belonging and mm. to be with friends and like-minded people. Um, and to me, that's, that is why Burning Man um, and the, the principle of radical, the, uh, radical inclusion is so important. Um, I mean, when I first went to Burning Man, I was just this little newly graduated college kid who knew nothing about what he's getting himself into. Um, I'm a, I'm a science, you know, scientist in background and pharmacist by training. I, I feel like I don't have a creative body in my bone. <laughs> and I'm going to this, uh, <laughs> uh, this huge art festival that has um, where, where I thought people were very different from me. And, and I was you know, initially a little worried about whether I would easily fit in or not. But mm -hmm. that was kind of where I gained such a huge appreciation for that principle of radical inclusion is anybody, <clears throat> no matter what they look like or what their background's like or where they come from or what experiences they may or may not have had in the past, anybody can be a burner and anybody can contribute to the Burning Man um, community. I mean, just people being super in inviting and welcoming and and meeting a lot of people that I, you know, it's not like I went there to meet a specific type of type of person. I met like folks who are younger, older, um, you know, different. It's just um, from different parts of the world, um, and and each of them have had um, an impact on on uh, my burn and and my evolution as a person and as a burner uh, over my ten plus years of going to Burning Man. Wow. Yeah, and and for our listeners, um, if if they haven't you know re read the principles beforehand or you know first time you're listening about this, um, the official definition for the radical inclusion principle is uh, quote anyone may be a part of Burning Man. We welcome and respect the stranger. No prerequisites exist for participation in our community. Um, so that's kind of what we're we're talking about when we talk about this idea of radical inclusion. But you and, know what? Um, As I yeah, read that, it. I'm noticing. Yes, we welcome and respect the stranger. No prerequisites exist. But once you're there and you stop being a stranger, if you're a jerk, <laughs> we don't have to hang out together. <laughs> like, like it's, it's interesting. It's kind of, I, I mean, I, I, I'm slightly serious about that because I think that I've heard some people talk about radical inclusion as if it means that if you are at Burning Man, you have a right to participate in anything anyone else does. So you go to someone's camp and they're serving a big dinner and you just sit right down and decide to eat their food. <laughs> and and I, I don't think that's quite what radical inclusion is about. It's, it's more about you can get in the door, you can come be part of of the playground, but once you're in the playground, if you're pulling people's pigtails, well... <laughs> you know, don't expect them not to pull yours back. Yeah, or, yeah. No, I, th I think that last clause around uh, no prerequisites exist for mm -hmm. participation in our community, right? So it's kind yeah. of linking it to the other principle around uh, how important uh, immediate experience and participation is. You know, this doesn't happen without everyone's involvement from uh, randoms participation in census camp to you know kind of help track and have conversations with people or anyone that you meet or the things you see, it is about that participation. And to your point, Stever, it's not like any and all participation. It's like participation in a community that is, uh, I would assume, uh, a, a healthy 
you know, communal community, not one that is uh, looking to uh, troll and disrupt the community. Although, of course, that, <laughs> that happens every now and then. Um, but I do think that's interesting. They kind of link it to this idea of participation in the community, right? Anyone can participate, but we still expect and hope that you participate and do so in a uh, way that's beneficial to the community versus and, something and, that, you know, and, 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 or, and in a respectful way, as long as your participation yeah. is not hindering or affecting somebody else's participation, then we're pretty good. If you want to be a jerk, go hang out in a heckler camp and, you know, maybe you'll find some good friends that have a similar sense of humor there and, you know, you'll quote unquote, find your tribe. <laughs> you're but, right. Uh, <laughs> everywhere, everyone will hate your tribe, but that doesn't matter because you're, you guys will have a great time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's the thing that I love the most about Burning Man. There's a little bit of something for everyone in it. I mean, if, if you are... If you're looking for a spiritual experience, if you're looking for, uh, you know, connecting with, with others, if you're looking for, you know, appreciating art, appreciating music, whatever type of experience you're looking for, whatever type of person you are, there will be something out there for you that you will enjoy. It is just massive. It's huge. And as yep. long as uh, the doors are open so that you can be part of that experience and so that you can explore, um, then, then that for me, like that, that is where the radical inclusion uh, plays a part. <clears throat> if all the doors are slammed in your face, or if there are those quote unquote prerequisites of who can or cannot be part of each activity, then you know you won't be able to enjoy everything that Burning Man is. Yeah, and I, I love your example of the you know how you first got involved with the sociology professor studying adult play. Because mm -hmm. we've, Steve and I have talked on the podcast before about how Burning Man can be seen as like a playground. And even now, Steve, you were using the same metaphor with like, you know, don't pull the, don't pull the pigtails on the playground, right? Like <laughs> be respectful, but have a good time. Be open to the experiences that are there. There's yeah. something for everyone. And even, even to your uh, stat about um, uh, the age range, um, mm -hmm. there's also uh, children, right? Actual, oh, actual yeah. children that I've seen. And Absolutely. I remember one morning seeing like, you know, two like seven-year-olds like running around and getting in line for some uh -huh. gifted food that, you know, we were in line for as well. And yeah, yeah there's really like a, a, a wide range of people and experiences to be had. Absolutely. So Countess, um, you know, the, the, the census manager that I mentioned earlier, and uh, she, she's been part of the census camp forever. And, um, you know, she had two children over the past 10 years and she brought them to Burning Man. And, and the youngest was two months old at the time, a two months old at the time who, uh, cried on the entire 12 hour drive from LA <laughs> to to the playa but you know every everyone can be can be part of that experience and and, and as they grew i mean it was funny too like cuz cuz her youngest has been to almost as many burns as i have <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and she's like this little eight year old. So, Whoa. Um, yeah. Um, and and I think the the youngest burner that I've ever had the chance to interact with uh, was a two week old baby. Um, Whoa. Who uh, <laughs> who by the end of Burning Man had spent as many weeks on Playa that she had off Playa. Whoa. <laughs> she she spent half and her life on Playa. Yeah. <laughs> and the way she was able to survive was thanks to other people's participation to making yes. sure that everything was set up. So yeah, the there's there's humidifiers and, and everything else to, <laughs> and babies are resilient. Don't don't you worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> they bounce. Don't ask how we know this. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, 
Yep. So, so tell because for me, I, and and you know, I really would like to to explore this some more. I'm, it's really the tension between the the, the part that confuses me is the tension between radical inclusion and yet also being respectful of other people. Mm-hmm. Let me let me bring up a specific example. There was a discussion about should people who are wandering around the playa at night be wearing lights, and for for our listeners, people who do not wear lights on the playa at night are called dark wads. And or idiots. Or idiots, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> you might get run over by a car and then you'll be upset. You'll say rats. But in the conversation on the Burning Man group at, on Facebook, and who knows, maybe this is just something about the Burning Man group on Facebook. And this is not this is not burners, you know, in general with their attitudes. But mm-hmm. there were people saying, look, you know, I've been coming to Burning Man for 20 years and I like to wander around without a light. And if someone else doesn't want me to have, if someone else wants me to have a light, that's their problem. And I'm willing to take the risk. And so you shouldn't, you shouldn't try to ostracize me, you know, uh, radical inclusion, man, dark wads, dark wads deserve a home too. What do you think of that? Like, how do you balance the, the, <laughs> we want to include everyone with some of the people that we're including might be endangering themselves or others? Yeah, that, that is a tough balance. And, and uh, you know, uh, w- with the whole uh, safety third motto at Burning Man, <laughs> um, it, it does, it is something that, that comes up in conversation quite often. And I think, you know, people just have to be conscious of the fact that there are a lot of accidents that happen at Burning Man. And although we do want everybody to go out and have fun and, and enjoy everything that, you know, all, any kind of experience that they want to enjoy, we also have to be mindful that, you know, if somebody runs into you because you're walking at night with that, and I've seen those things, I've seen like bicycles colliding with, with, you know, people who are walking without a light or, you know, now we have folks walking, uh, you know, whenever art cars are moving on Playa because there have been accidents for, for various reasons. And, um, as long as your experience doesn't ruin the experience of others, again, it just comes back to that. Um, if you want to walk without a light, how about walk around the whole perimeter, like right by the fence, <laughs> where mm. literally nobody will bump into you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah. if you're going to walk in the middle of the playa in a poorly illuminated area and and cause incidents or accidents for yourself or for others and, and potentially ruin your experience and the experience of others, I just think it's not worth it. Well, it does. Okay. So in terms of radical inclusion, what it means is we'll even include idiots. <laughs> they just have to deal with the consequences of their own There's action. lots of idiots at Burning Man. Actually, <laughs> 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 uh, add to the census form. Are you an idiot? Self-select. Self- <laughs> exactly. Do you identify as an idiot? Well, I mean, hey, that includes us. Everybody makes their own mistakes as, yeah. as they're going, you know. That's true. Uh, <laughs> um, so if radical inclusion is... If that's a principle of the event as a whole, mm-hmm. how does that translate into, say, individual theme camps and stuff? Because we had a real incident happen last year at a friend of mine's camp where essentially someone wanted to come in. It wasn't for a meal, like mm-hmm. I intimated before, but it was someone who wanted to come in and participate. And they didn't. The, the event they were having wasn't wasn't open. And they said, "Well, the the event we're having isn't open. This is just for camp members." To which the response was. Well, but you know, radical inclusion. You guys aren't you guys aren't being radically inclusive. You're being bad burners. <laughs> and 
but I think there is something there there's something to the idea of identifying what do we mean by radical inclusion when it comes down to to a private event right where does radical inclusion meet hey a bunch of us want to make our delicious brunch and eat our delicious brunch and we don't we're not doing this to be a community activity we're doing this to be an activity for the five of us which sounds reasonable when i say mm-hmm. that except that that's also the logic that some of the large plug and play camps use to discriminate against people who aren't fabulously gorgeous mm-hmm. and rich right they say oh well we're just having a private party right now oh look you're you're gorgeous and rich why don't you come right in <laughs> but no the rest of you stay out yeah i i know that was that was an issue that was brought up uh recently and and um and something that was that the bm uh burning man ceo has has tried to address in uh, um well but, but yeah but i'm, I'm not talking organization yeah. what do you think like what like how how do you think about radical inclusion as someone who even knows more about the makeup of the city than the rest of us, how do you think about radical inclusion when it comes to individual camps and activities and stuff versus the relatively simple case of radical inclusion in the event itself? I mean, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest, anyone who's willing to drive three hours from Reno and spend spend a week in the desert <laughs> with <laughs> carrying all their water in and everything out, I mean, they kind of all just deserve to be there for, <laughs> if they're <laughs> that work but yeah but uh, how do we live radical inclusion but then balance that also with the desire sometimes to to just have us be the beneficiaries right. of the work that i would doing. say it's it, again it comes back to that balance as long as the majority of the activities that your camp is having are open to the general public are open to all burners of of, of any kind um then then you are doing your part in respecting and embracing the principle of radical inclusion if you are uh, being exclusive and just having private events the whole time and, and only selecting few burners that you do or don't want to let in to specific events, then you're kind of dissociating from that principle and, 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 um, and kind of shutting the door in, in, in a lot of other burners' faces. And, and that's kind of where it goes, where, where, that, where that line uh, stands. I mean, there, obviously, a lot of camps will have their own little camp meals on a regular basis. Uh, this connects to, you know, if they want to invite somebody to come on over and, and join, and that's part of gifting. If somebody invites you, then sure. But it's not, you know, just because you're a burner and you're a burning man doesn't mean that you have, you can impose like, all right, well, I'm here, you you. I, I want food and therefore it's your <laughs> job to give me food and, or it's just your job to include me in your, in your, uh, in your dinner. It's, it just doesn't work that way. It's, uh, um, you know, if you chat mm-hmm. with people, if you're, if you're um, conversing with them and genuinely interested in, in connecting with them, then most of the time, if they are inclusive and they are part, you know, uh, respecting the radical inclusion principle, they will most likely, on their own volition, include you and invite you in to participate. Mm-hmm. Sure. And if they're not feeling inclusive, oh, well. Yeah. Actually, I, I found very few instances wandering around myself of any place that wasn't really friendly and welcoming and stuff like yeah. that. I, did, I didn't encounter anyone who who wasn't inclusive. But then again, I'm a white male, <laughs> right? So, so as, well, as per what we were talking about in terms of the census... I'm a demographic that 
probably wouldn't be excluded. I, there was a camp this year called Wakanda. <laughs> and nice. Wakanda forever. Y- you, can, you can take a guess as to what the ethnicity mm-hmm. was of the people at Wakanda, or at least the skin color. And it, they were very welcoming, etc. But what really struck me was I think that there were more black people at Wakanda than there were the entire rest of the burn, right. as far as I yeah. can tell. And I found this very curious. And I, you know, to me, that spoke to Burning Man certainly does not discourage anyone from coming, mm-hmm. but yet it clearly has a particular racial and demographic makeup. Yeah. Any thoughts as to someone who's seen this like evolving? Because if you've been there 10 yeah. years, it's probably doubled in size in that time. Yeah. So, the, like, what's up with that? The, the, so, yeah, the, the, I think a lot of ways that people. I mean, Evan and I had the <laughs> very rare experience of learning about Burning Man through a professor. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't exactly. know. That's not something that usually happens. Most of the time, people learn about Burning Man because they have other people in their social circles who talk about Burning Man and, and mention Burning Man. And um, unfortunately, it remains to be an event that also comes with quite a bit of expenses. I mean, it's not just about the ticket itself. It's about you know, the, the drive or the flight and the hotels, if you need them and, and, and the gas and the food and the water, it, it adds up. And, um, um, some people may not have the resources to do that. And, and so I think there are dif- a lot of different reasons why we don't see as much racial diversity as we'd like to on Playa. It's something that census has been trying to study, uh, every year. And we have some, uh, lectures and, and events on Playa at the Census Lab to discuss and, and dig a little bit deeper into some of those issues. Um, and it's something that really that the Burning Man um, organization has is really aware of, and they're really, really trying. I mean, they, they just don't know exactly how, and, and they've tried a lot of different strategies on how to improve um, the, the, diver, the diversity at Burning Man. But yep, it, it it continues to be a majority of, of white folks attending. Um, so it's that, radically that, inclusive, but not necessarily diverse. Correct. It's diverse, not, not racial, and like then, the, when we're talking about racial diversity, there are, we're diverse right. in a lot of other oh, ways, oops. whether it's sexual orientation or where we come from, or, um, you know, there's a lot of other things that differentiate and 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 uh, add to the like the diversity of and the how wonderful everybody is and how unique everybody is at at Burning Man, but uh, but yeah, we do also have a lot in common. <laughs> right. Is the is the main goal of Census Camp to just kind of act as that uh, you know scientifically valid check on uh, the the demographics? and then relay that to BM org to kind of handle these types of issues for implementing programs or ideas to try and get closer to, I don't even know what a goal would be, just a more proportional representation on Playa compared to not the US, maybe the world. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure, but, but what is that interface like? And, you know, from, from your perspective or from census camps perspective, are there, are there, you know, pretty obvious things that could be done or like, you know, when you, when you talk to people who aren't, uh, the majority that show up on census, like, is there any extra opportunity to, um, you know, have a, have a qualitative research type conversation to kind of understand their, uh, pain points or difficulties or, you know, things on that, on that level? Yeah, that's a, that's, um, 
Yeah, that's a good question. And and um, I'm trying to remember if we've done kind of a, a dive into our data to look at the specifically some of those subsets uh, within the population when it comes to racial uh, diversity. I know we're doing quite a bit of research on that, but I don't recall um, if we've had actual um, um, journal entries or, or things on our um, on our website about, about that, but I'll, I'll double check. In any case, uh, but to, to get to your other question about what, what do we do with all the data that we collect and, and what is kind of the purpose that mm-hmm. of doing a census at Burning Man? And, and that goes beyond just uh, our you know, intellectual curiosity. <laughs> uh, so the data from the census also helps the Burning Man organization represent the burner community in conversations with local, state, and federal agencies and a whole bunch of elected officials in Nevada. There are a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of conversations that go back and forth uh, every single year about what can or cannot be done. Uh, you know, there's even been pushback about even having the event on BlackRock in BlackRock Desert uh, by the state of Nevada. So those negotiations happen year after year. And one of the main reasons why we collect demographic data um, and also data about where did you fly in from? Did you use the Reno airport? Would you have come to the state of Nevada if it wasn't for this event? Where did you buy all your money? Where did you did you stay in any hotels in the area? Um, how what's the estimated dollar amount you know for all your travel expenses, including gas and everything else? It's it, you know data like that helps us showcase, for example, to the state of Nevada. Hey, sure, we're getting a whole bunch of um, vehicles on your roads, and that's creating wear and tear, and that might be associated with some kind of expenses to the city of Reno and or the state of Nevada. But hey, look at all this other amazing data that shows that, you know, the businesses in the area, you know, between Reno and Black Rock Desert, like 85% of their annual income is generated within those couple of weeks around the Burning Man event. Um, you know, it, it, it is a mm. vital, um, you know, thing for for those communities and um and they've kind of evolved around that um and and the you know the, the census data also helps us understand like the impact that we have on the environment and um you know understanding how many people drove in vehicles how many were were carpooling how many were staying in an rv versus a tent etc so all of those where, where how they dispose of their trash so we help ask some of those questions too to to plan accordingly and then uh, finally, and, and, and very importantly, in my, in my uh, opinion, is also collecting data to support academic research. So any researcher who's interested in studying mm-hmm. the diff- different aspects about Burning Man and the Burning Man community, whether it's, you know, sociology, psychology, anthropology, or any other type of study, uh, we are able to include some of their research questions in our census survey for that year if they get in touch with us and let us know. Mm. Um, and some, so some examples of research projects that we've helped with collect data for include uh, research on sexual health and sexual risk-taking on and off playa, um, how people feel and behave differently when they're on playa versus off playa, uh, what types of new skills people mm. learn on playa and then use, in their off, uh, uh, use off playa as well. Um, we've even, uh, we're even exploring right now a, a collaboration with the Bureau of Land Management uh, because um, Black Rock Desert is a quote-unquote recreational park. 
uh, or land, um, we are trying to see if there's any way that we can um, collect data that would be relevant to them so that they understand, you know, what are some of the positive outcomes from j j not just participating in Burning Man as an event, but just being in in the outdoors, away from your computer, on a bicycle, you know, moving mm. around, learning new things, like uh, just just kind of the the benefits of outdoor recreation in general. Um, and we've even had somebody who wanted to study like wow. the the patterns of of traffic flux, and <laughs> it really varies uh, quite a bit. But uh, but quite a quite a bit of it is in the social sciences. How do people on bicycles react to having large burning effigies <laughs> in the middle of a 10,000-person crowd? My, what a relevant research topic. <laughs> I wonder where we could learn about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, and, and, and our, data method, uh, our data collection methods have evolved quite a bit since I first got uh, involved with the census. Um, so when I first started participating, like I mentioned, th those paper surveys were everything that we had. You know, the census used to go to center camp, mm -hmm. put a bunch of boxes that were marked census and have a bunch of paper forms that people, people could uh, choose to, to fill out and, 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 uh, and submit. But that was what we call a convenience sample. Only the people who knew about the census and knew exactly where to fill it out would come back year after year and and and, right. uh, and submit their data, whereas a lot of newcomers and virgins would be completely oblivious to it. And if they didn't happen to stumble upon the census at center camp, they would never fill out their data and they would not be represented in the data. So starting in 2012, uh, and that was a tough year for census because we we um, collected all the data through the paper forms like we usually did in previous years. So we did our quote unquote convenience sample, but then we dabbled with random sampling. Uh, and that's kind of where my playa name random came from. Uh, it was our first attempt to have a really randomized data collection process by literally having volunteers go and stand um, near greeters or before greeters to collect data as vehicles were coming in. And we used uh, clickers and, and, and uh, had like interval numbers and, and skip numbers for different lines of traffic to really make sure that the data was randomized. And, wow. and we started uh, doing that uh, first at gate. And then we replicated the process uh, through the Burner Express buses and now the airport as well, so that we are literally capturing data from uh, a random subset of burners who happen to be coming in from any way uh, into the into the burn. The only people that we can't <laughs> we can't survey are are the folks who parachute in, but those are a very small small group. But uh, any <laughs> you don't want to be the first person to jump out of an airplane with a census form and like sounds like fun. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it sounds like there's such a broad uh, mm -hmm. scope of things that you explore and ask, and you're yep. partnering with academics, and you're partnering mm -hmm. with maybe government agencies, and you're asking questions to support perhaps economic arguments or environmental arguments. And um, I mean, it sounds like a huge uh, mm -hmm. uh, undertaking. Um, and one of the things I want to do as we get closer to the end of time, I want to make sure we get time for this, is... Um, 
you know, we talk about how important it is to participate in Burning Man and, you know, contribute in any way possible. So I, I want to give you uh, a chance and we can, you know, continue the conversation after, but just for now, uh, can you plug Census Camp? Like how can people get involved with this huge undertaking? Is it, you know, before uh, Burning Man? Is it during Burning Man? Can you just like hop in if you've never heard of it, you just come across it? Or do you have to like sign up beforehand and get trained? Can you do like a we take volunteers in any way, shape, or form possible. So as you mentioned, it's a huge undertaking. And, and every year we have uh, close to 300 plus volunteers who help us with our uh, census operations, either on or off Playa. Yeah. So um, for yeah, yeah. the easiest way is to literally email census at burningman.org. <laughs> and uh, that will shoot out an email to our volunteer coordinators who can then... Um, you know, ask you what types of volunteer opportunities you're interested in. We need people who um, want to participate in that random sampling process that I mentioned. So folks who would be, um, who we, we have online training um, modules for people to understand exactly our methodology and, and how to be, how to interact with vehicles coming into the playa in a very safe manner. And we address all of our volunteers and, White coats, <laughs> both because of so, the so they, they look like good scientists. Yep, yep, yeah. and and also for visibility to make sure that they're uh, that they you know that they're uh, and we have a lot of signs and a designated area and a lot of lighting um, to to make sure that our volunteers are safe. So, but that, that's so that's one example of types of volunteers that we need folks who will want to come out you know between four to six hours. Um, with us to collect data from cars coming in. We'll do the same for, uh, like I mentioned, uh, airport. If anybody wants to, hey, I've never been to the airport. It could be fun to go check out um, and check it out and, and do uh, uh, collect some survey samples from there. Uh, we also, you know, need folks to help us host the census lab. So help answer questions from folks coming in. We usually have a display of all the data that we've collected year after year. We have kind of posters that uh, nicely uh, summarize the data in very fun graphical ways. And a lot of folks come on, come in and, and um, learn about, you know, Burning Man and, and the, the, the people who come and, and what's changed year after year. So that's their opportunity to do so. And we like to have volunteers to help us uh, answer questions and, and, you know, get, yeah, contact information from people who want to volunteer in the future and stuff like that. And then uh, for those who really want to have a quick escape from the heat of the desert, um, uh, we even have like a little air-conditioned room uh, with <laughs> uh, some PCs or laptops so that people can uh, help us enter data that we've collected on Playa. So, Which is, of course, exactly what, what I want to do with my Burning Man. I just think, <laughs> man, if only I could go to the Playa and spend my time doing data entry in front of a screen. Hey. That would be the most ironic burn <laughs> ever. Oh my Some God, people. I can't wait to do it. And again, my we have, that's what I'm saying. There's different volunteer opportunities for different people. Some people love that. I mean, <laughs> that, that is, they're like, please, can I come in and just hang out in the AC until the sun comes down and just enter data and be helpful? Uh, and, and don't, you know, don't throw shade at their burn if they if they're data entry lovers, you know, and they they get uh, they get they get super excited by that. Yeah. Sometimes I get excited by like, how can I do this in the most efficient way possible? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want to mindlessly do it. Or if uh, you know, it's it's open drinks, so well that might sloppy up the data. I was going to say you could you know yeah. have, have like a half hour while entering <laughs> data, but that's not a good idea. 
Yeah, and, and I get most excited by the volunteer opportunities to to recline on a velvet divan and be fed peeled grapes. I mean, come on! <laughs> I realize my my idea of a fun burn is fairly structured and limited, but you know, it's a nice place to be limited. For, frozen grapes are even better if you haven't tried them. They're like the perfect thing to throw in a drink as well. Ah, oh, sounds so good. Random, you're so you're so full of amazing uh, trivia and, and important information. Uh, awesome, cool. Well, thank you, thank you for that plug. Um, I don't know if uh, uh, Steve, are you, any other questions on your end, or I know we had a couple of other notes that we can go through, or no, I, I, I mean, I think I think we have we have radically included all the major points that I'm <laughs> uh, that I had on my list. So um, I did. Um, I think in that case, I, I did want to end, uh, or, or you know, random. Feel free, we can you know continue the conversation if you have other you know uh-huh. that, that have come to mind. But uh, also before we sign off, I did want to share uh, a random story from my first burn, which was last summer, because oh, yeah. <laughs> I I knew I knew that random uh, was you know participating in Burning Man. I didn't know that was like oh, basically every year. I know you said you missed two of them, but I knew that uh-huh. you were you know, loosely involved, and we had kept in touch online every now and then. Um, and so when I finally was going to go, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going. And I reached out to you and I said, you know, oh, this is the camp I'm staying at. And, um, I quickly learned that, you know, with however many people, 70,000 people, it can be hard to coordinate uh, specific, you know, day and time to meet up, uh, and, and, and have the luck of actually, even if you did set that up, like actually showing up at that date and time. But, um, this is just a, a fun story where, uh, I think the first or second night I was there, um, we ended up not taking our bikes out and did a walk, which I highly recommend if anyone hasn't done like a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, very different experience. And uh, it was nighttime. We happened to walk by, uh, I think, a camp that had set up like a labyrinth or a maze. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, my friends and I, again, like random time of night on a random evening, randomly walking around, just kind of going wherever the night took us, uh, come across this maze. And we're like, sure, let's go into the maze. And I shit you not, everyone, I walk into the entrance <laughs> of the maze, and who walks out but random? And yeah. I'm like, uh, <laughs> is, that, is that you? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm random here, but, uh, but yes, it is me. And so, like, random time, random place, my first burn, uh, we hadn't coordinated anything beforehand, and we happened to uh, run into each other. Um, and then, you know, did, unfortunately didn't see each other again, the rest of the burn, but I just, I love that story. And I love, uh, these, these types of things that Burning Man, uh, create. And and that's one of the things I treasure the most about Burning Man. It is. And that's why I love my playa name too. It is that randomness of it all. I mean, if you didn't happen to want to walk instead of biking that day, and if you didn't get to the maze the same second as i was trying to leave the maze i mean we could have both been in the maze and not seen each other (laughs) just but like the the fact that that happened in the vast you know on all it's just amazing it's um that the randomness of the experiences and and there's no two burns alike either is you know i've been there for all these years and and uh, every year there's something new everything there's something unexpected and every every year is special in its own way so uh, that's why i keep coming back yeah well thank you very much and and hopefully hopefully anyone who's listening who hasn't had a chance to go will decide to show up and you will be radically included mm-hmm. yes. but that doesn't guarantee we'll feed you dinner yeah <laughs> touche yes <laughs> all right all right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate it. All right, Cheers. Bye bye.